he was state-of-the-art in law enforcement technology. You called for backup? But the system thinks he's become too independent, too unpredictable, too human. We have a warrant out for the arrest of Robocop. Now, the system's out to get him because he's fighting for the people. How may I help you, officer? By resisting arrest. You're not allowed to pick the movies anymore. <laughs> All right, hey everyone, welcome back to Podcast Part 3, the Part 3 Podcast. Uh, I'm Sam, and uh, I'm here with uh, everyone's favorite splatterpunk, Will Morey. That's right. Uh, we are finally doing a movie that isn't a third Halloween. We're finally out of the uh, the long and winding road of Michael Myers, and uh, it was Will's pick for his birthday, and I let him pick, and I should have known better, because now we're going to talk about RoboCop 3. <laughs> the, uh, uh, our company's going bankrupt, so we have to turn it into a toyetic sequel, uh, part three. <laughs> Kids, ask your parents what Orion was. <laughs> and uh, depending on what kind of parent you have, they're going to say that's the company that made Dances with Wolves. Or they're going to say that's the company that made RoboCop 3. <laughs> or UHF. <laughs> Notice that all of these movies are from the early 90s, because this is a company that very famously went hella bankrupt. <laughs> and this was, RoboCop 3 was definitely uh, a primary casualty of that bankruptcy. Well, it was supposed to come out a year earlier, too, in 1992, as opposed to 1993, and uh, Ryan's uh, financial troubles kept it in the in the vault for for a whole year. So I want to see when when in '93 this hit theaters. Oh, I can tell you, it Ooh. hit theaters at the beginning, like early of November, because uh, I uh, I I went. I took all my friends to uh, to see it November twentieth for my uh, for my birthday. Everyone still uh, <laughs> able to go see Jurassic Park in theaters in November of nineteen ninety three, but uh, yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm in no position to judge. Uh, I I took uh, all my friends to see the 1998 Godzilla. So, well, you know, I mean, I, uh... <laughs> I was young and innocent. So this yeah. is for those of uh, to recap briefly the first two RoboCops. The original RoboCop is it, it is it is an absolute classic. Hundred percent. It is funny. It is it is violent. It is wonderfully satirical. It was directed by Paul Verhoeven, who also directed Total Recall. He directed Basic Instinct. He directed Showgirls. And he directed Starship Troopers, of course. Of course. But uh, RoboCop is, of course, the story of a police officer named Murphy in a not-too-distant future crime-ridden Detroit, which is on the verge of being converted into New Delta City, uh, which is... uh, uh, being built by OCP, Omni Consumer Products, big e- evil corporation that's got its fingers in just about everything. And they get the idea when Murphy is uh, gunned down by uh, a, a crime boss uh, to turn him into the ultimate, the, the, the future of law enforcement. He is Robocop. But at the same time, deep down inside, he's still Murphy. And so he grapples with humanity all while taking down the uh, crime bosses and the corrupt corporate overlords of Detroit. And then in the second movie, uh, he does basically the same thing, but the crime boss turns into a robot at the end. 
uh, and he fights them too. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty good. That's pretty and I'm good. Se- I am selling it short. I would say I can safely say that that RoboCop is easily one of your favorite movies. And oh yeah, high up oh, yeah. there for me. It's yeah, absolutely. If you have not seen RoboCop one, and I'd say RoboCop two as well. Check them out. Absolutely. They are worth your time. High watermarks of 80s cinema, of action cinema, of science fiction cinema. They uh and that first Robocop movie is the reason why I'm doing the job I'm doing now. So Yeah, I think um no. I, and I think it's a movie that is still underappreciated. It's easy to sell it short. It's it looks the po- it looks cheesy, just you know, Robocop as a design is kind of looks like he's just designed to sell action figures which uh, is only the case with RoboCop 3. And RoboCop 2 is fun, if overstuffed, and sort of retreads the same ground that RoboCop 1 uh, trod. Wait, (laughs) Will, are you telling me a script by Frank Miller is both overstuffed and well-worn territory? (laughs) I'm shocked. Shocked, I say. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah, Frank Miller directed... uh, Or no, sorry, wrote the script for RoboCop 2 and the story for RoboCop 3. Uh, RoboCop 2 was directed by Irvin Kirshner, who directed uh, the greatest part two of all time, Empire Strikes Back. And this uh, RoboCop 3 is directed by Fred Decker, who uh, directed Night of the Creeps and The Monster Squad. And The Monster Squad is basically Stranger Things, but with more Dracula. (laughs) And a Frankenstein monster. And a Frankenstein monster. And a wolfman who's got nards. And, and a mummy and a creature from the Black Lagoon who all converge on a small town. It, uh, both of those are great. Uh, Fred Decker did some really classic, like, 80s, uh, you know, horror, cheesy, knowingly funny horror. He, You'd think on paper he'd be perfect to do RoboCop, but this movie, it, this is the quintessential third movie that is a franchise that just doesn't give a shit anymore. Oh, no, it is out of gas. I mean, and it's clear, like... Some of the supporting players are just like done. Like Nancy Allen looks like she'd rather be anywhere yeah. else. Nancy Allen plays uh plays Robocop's partner in the first two movies. I think is she the only returning actor from the first two? No, I mean actually a whole bunch of the supporting cast sort of returns. I oh, mean, you're right. I just there's yeah. the 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 police the the chief the um, and um, Johnson one of the OCP yes. guys. Most um, importantly, Johnson the uh, yeah. the the wedge antilles of corporate toadies who shows up in every one of these movies yeah that that's the crazy thing is like this is this movie's out of gas this movie could have been awesome you could have made multiple you could have kept going with robocop and i think the problem was this feels tamer and less ambitious than the first two movies and it's 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 the first one that's pg-13 so it's not very violent. It's uh, it sidelines RoboCop for a lot of it. The effects aren't as good. It's yeah, it's it's so bizarre that they do that. I mean, and, and RoboCop 2 does this, too, where it just knocks RoboCop out for an act almost maybe an act and a half. And it's like and then the movie just spins its wheels like for a very long time. And it's like, why would you do this? It's like they couldn't figure out they didn't want to do the emotional, like he needs to figure out how to be a human again, uh, which is what the first two movies are predicated upon. And it's like, so they were just like, eh, we're not going to bother 
We're just going to kind of like, he kind of needs to figure out how to kind of be human, but we're going to yeah, half-ass that. It's kind of like <laughs> he's got a little bit of a thing where he, uh, you know, sort of is parental towards the the kid. This, this movie, the, the first sign of trouble is this movie... Yeah has like a kid as the main character. Right. A kid who not only a kid, a kid who's yes. a Robocop fan from the jump. She has a Robocop action figure and she's very excited when Robocop shows up and she's a computer whiz. She carries around a gigantic laptop for the entire movie. <laughs> and uh, pretty nonplussed that her parents were just basically rounded up and executed. Yes. That's the thing. There's some dark for a movie that feels like it's trying to be the family friendly toyetic robocop there's still a lot of dark stuff in it so you get the you, you can tell that this was like a more of an r-rated script at one point so basically it's people are being right it rounded up and driven out of like old detroit because ocp is finally going to build new delta city which uh they they still haven't gotten around <laughs> to and they've been talking about it for the first two movies all the yeah. time that's their big plans to rebuild and, the city so and they're and they're they're straight up they have a bunch of you know uh flunkies like corporate like nazi types the rehabs uh led by a guy who I, McDaggett, who is i guess the main villain and i forget yeah. every time I've seen RoboCop 3, that this is the villain. That he's the bad guy. Because yeah. he, well, it's it's similar to kind of everything else in this movie that just half-asses it. It's He's like, he's the bad guy, but he also, he has like a plot, it seems like, but it seems like the movie forgets about him, forgets what his plot is, forget that he's like, he's working yeah. for the Japanese company that's trying to take over OCP. <laughs> oh like man, just, like, I, I do miss the 80s and early 90s era of Japanese corporations <laughs> taking over. You know, you know, what's the, we're flexible. Pearl Harbor <laughs> yeah. didn't work out, so we got you with tape decks. Is again, kids, ask your <laughs> grandparents at this point. The uh, the interesting thing about having about these rehabs is that it like because the movie is geared towards children, it flattens all the sort of nuances and more satirical yeah. bite of the other movies, but inadvertently becomes more anti-capitalist because of that than the other two movies. <laughs> It's not subtle. This movie has multiple monologues about the evils of corporate capitalism. It's yeah, all the pieces are there for this to be an awesome movie. You're 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 missing like a couple things that kind of kill it right out of the gate. You miss that R rating. You miss uh you miss Peter yeah. Weller. Yeah, that's huge. And it's like it's an odd thing to say like, you know, you think someone who's in like a big suit and is doing like kind of the role of a stuntman for a lot of it you miss but he is so good as RoboCop, and you notice that it's Robert John Burke plays him in this. And Robert John Burke is a kind of quintessential '90s, like, "Hey, that guy." I think he's in he's in Tombstone. He's yeah. in From the Earth to the Moon. Like, he's a fine character actor, but he doesn't have that physicality yeah. that that like he 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 doesn't really know how to move his arms. And I mean, from what I've read, it seems like the suit was from RoboCop 2. Like right. they didn't build a new suit for this, so it's like he can't really fit in it and it shows. It's like yeah. he can't move that well, which maybe is why they sideline him for so long is cuz the poor guy can't like actually get yeah, around. Yeah, it's it's some real it's some real uh Darth Vader in the first uh Star Wars. Like like I can't see, he clearly can't really see. He doesn't know what to do with his arms. Yeah. It just it, it this movie does put into perspective yeah. how good and yeah. on a similar note, you really miss the old man. That's right. The head of OCP, 
played by a friend of the podcast, patron saint of podcast part three, Kamal Cochran himself, <laughs> Dan O'Herlihy. We, we you miss him. It's Rip Rip Torn yeah. plays the CEO in this one, and he it's, who is just. Eat every line is he's shouting every single line. He's just trying to eat the scenery. <laughs> Everything's broader in this movie, yeah. which is weird because it's not like Robocop and Robocop 2 are all that subtle. But it is like 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 McDaggett right. is the he's his yeah. animates the sniveling British, like that sort of villain. And then and Rip Torn is just yeah. Rip Torn cranked up to eleven. And it watching, I was like, "This is boring," but it's also odd. It's such an <laughs> odd movie to me. Yeah, well, it's got it's, an all star cast. It does CCH Pounder? You got CCH Pounder. You got Stephen Root. You got Shane Black showing up as one of the cops. You got Jeff Garland showing up. That's uh, right. You got Daniel Von Bargen, who yep. was on Seinfeld. He was the uh, one of the bad guys in Super Troopers. Shows up. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the the yep. other guy, I looked him up. The other like dude that's like part of the little characters that work in the like the resistance is Stanley Anderson, who was the president in both The Rock and Armageddon. So he's Michael Bay's president. <laughs> uh, you got you got Mako. You got Bradley Whitford. You got. Jill Hennessy from Crossing Jordan. Everyone's here. It makes it all the more (laughs) jarring because I I don't really know the actress that played the little girl because I just think in my mind it should be Danielle Harris. Yeah, it really should be. Or or, um, uh, what's her name from Waterworld? Uh, Oh, Tina Majorino. (laughs) Tina Majorino, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a confounding movie because I actually think like the first act pretty much right up right up until well not the first act but really like kind of right at the end of the first action sequence it's pretty solid and kind of cool i had the same Um, thing i have i have like this the car stunts are great like fred decker is a good director he knows how to direct action but it just after that there's the set pieces are all so stiff and boring just nothing happens like i just don't understand like everyone once RoboCop is out of commission in the movie, he like the movie stops dead and everyone just sort of sits around and waits for him to get back up online. And it's not like there's anything driving it. It's like we're told that they're going to tear down this section of Detroit to to make way for Delta City. But it's like there doesn't seem to be any urgency to it. <laughs> This movie's like the definition of diminishing returns. Robocop, it's an hour and 45 minutes. Robocop doesn't show up until the 20 minute mark. You you, you get so much and then he shows up by long jumping his squad car off a roof, landing uh, in the middle of uh, like a bunch of gang guys and using his super gun to uh, uh, shoot a, a hole in the roof of his car. Which I gotta imagine he gets yelled at a lot by. Uh, I would, I would no. assume, because <laughs> all the other cops talk about him when he's not there, like he's just some guy. They're like, "Hey, Mer- hey, Lewis, where's your partner?" Yeah. Like, you mean the robot? Get <laughs> <laughs> the cyborg cop. Like, hey, where's Murphy? He's just around. like, how come he doesn't come out for donuts? <laughs> he's not the donut type and you're like come on <laughs> this is called robocop 3 we know who that is yeah uh, he's got accessories now he's got yeah. his, his his wrist gun which and i get ru- and his and, and a jetpack jetpack yeah 
does he shoot the missile or was that just the toy? Because in the there's the the middle barrel that shoots a missile, and I can't even remember. I watched it, you know, last night, and I can't remember if he shoots the missile or not. I think he shoots a missile to blow up the tank at the end. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't tell because it's the worst compositing effects I've ever seen in my life yeah. when he's flying that jetpack. Yeah, I mean, you can tell also that like the studio was running out of money. Like you can just tell. Yeah. Like it was the like. They didn't have any money to do it what they wanted or the budget kept getting slashed like you can it's very painfully obvious uh, and one of the funny things i think is that uh, the sequences where you're actually in ocp and it's clear that ocp is running out of money it feels like that that was what was going on at orion at the time yeah it, it's it's the ocp stuff is probably the strongest stuff in the movie it's it's yeah. a shadow of the first two movies but just like the, the the one guy, he's like video conferencing with his wife. She's like, layoffs happen all the time, honey, as he's jumping out, <laughs> jumping the, window. out the window. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's some I mean, again, this it's like it's that stuff's in there. But then it's got that like sanitized kid friendly thing. like Robocop doesn't kill really kill anyone. Right. No yeah. one's no one's wearing the squibs. You know, there's yeah. like it's yeah. it lacks it ha- lacks the. It's clear that it's that p- transition from like the really good R-rated violence of the 80s into that kind of safe violence of the 90s. Yeah, I mean, and I, I have to wonder if in the development of this, if Terminator 2 kind of had something to do with it. I mean, it, it might might have been too close, but it, it just seems like because Terminator 2 kind of started doing that pivot towards a child audience... Uh, that it seems like it may have impacted this a little bit, you know? Yeah, I, I wonder about that. You definitely had more as you got into the late 80s, more of these movies with kids in them. Your, your, right. you know, your Goonies, your Gremlins, having a kid along for the ride that the kid audiences could connect to. But I definitely think it was also just like, yeah, selling toys. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you got to sell your... your. I, I think even more so than Terminator 2, I'm guessing the Ninja Turtles oh, had a big yeah. hand in this. That's probably true. That's probably right. Yeah, I mean, it's it, RoboCop is one of the handful of uh, R-rated or, uh, franchises for adults that, uh, that for inexplicable reasons... Well, RoboCop makes sense, because I guess RoboCop looks like an action figure. So it's like somebody was like, we're going to make a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. But like Rambo got his own 80s action cartoon and... I don't know. It's it's so weird, though, because it's like they, they didn't have to do it. They didn't have to, like, tone it down because Terminator 2 is rated R and right. there were toys from going for miles when that movie yeah. came out. That's I right. think it's just it's the quint- it's I, I would I would equate it to, like, the Jaws franchise of just diminishing returns, lower budgets. You you're losing all the core talent that made the first one so good. And you just they don't know what to do with the character like I have, as I always do in my notes, just what I would have done differently, like go more dystopian, make it more like like make Detroit like basically New York and escape from New York. Right. Yeah. What this movie should be is Demolition Man. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Opening sequence, Robocop, uh, Robocop uh, and Lewis, Lewis gets killed. And RoboCop is blamed for it, and he's basically mothballed. Jump yeah. ahead a certain amount of time, and the resistance wakes him up. Yes. Wakes him yeah. up to fix him to because now it's like it's them, the remains of the cops, uh hot young doctor lady, um <laughs> versus 
the evil corporations on one side and the splatterpunks, the gangs right. on the other. And that was sort of something that irritated me, and I had forgotten all about it from when I had seen it the last time I had watched this movie, is the splatterpunks, they, they're like built up as this big threat and they like yeah. show up in the at opening scene and they're very frank miller in their dialogue they're like cyborgs eat bullets man and like you know <laughs> like the punks in in dark knight returns um but they, but then they disappear <laughs> through the movie until the like the climax <laughs> and again that's that first 20 minutes that yeah. seems like okay it still feels like this world Right. And 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 then at some point the movie just becomes a huge mess, and then robot ninjas show up. Right, and that was like, ah, oh man, what a missed opportunity! I like I, in my notes what I would have done if I were doing it is that the the ninja, the cyborg ninjas were would be the Japanese answer to RoboCop. So they're dealing with sort of the sim similar problems that RoboCop would be, and I don't exactly know what you would do with them after that point, but I think it would be funny if that was the mirror. <laughs> If they were a mirror image to RoboCop. It would be funny, like, if you saw, like, if other cities were trying to make RoboCops and you saw, like, them, mar like, you had that weird, you have the little cartoon for Johnny Rehab. Right. Like, what if you yeah. saw more ads for, like, you know, yeah, RoboCop sells action figures, but you could also get, you know, uh, Cyber Bobby from London, right. you know, <laughs> it, it's... Yeah, well, or if yeah, OCP is trying to franchise out the, the yeah. RoboCop brand, RoboCop yeah. Boston, RoboCop LA, etc., etc. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and for all the buildup and the robot Ot Otomo, the yeah. robot ninja, gets yeah. a lot of buildup. He spends a solid middle forty-five minutes of this movie walking through Detroit trying to track down RoboCop. Well, no, I mean he's actually trying to to track down the resistance, right? That's oh, like what he's yeah. supposed to be doing. And then he finds the resistance and they have like a cellophane little thing, like laid yeah, out put on, a road, the, map. <laughs> put on yeah. a road map. And it's like, how did that raised so many questions for me? It's like, how did one, why did that person just have it on them? And then two, how did the ninja robot know that that was what it was? That felt very much like we need RoboCop to fight the Terminator. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's but it's you know it's like we need to do RoboCop versus Terminator, and then it's like, well, we don't really have the budget to make these action sequences work. Let's just make it a joke. <laughs> it is the face that the that Otomo makes when you hit him in the face and dislocate his jaw. Is it hilarious or terrifying? I can't decide. He so, turns well, into this like I I don't even know how to describe it. Well, it's like he gets punched. Does he get he gets punched by... He gets hit with, like, a pipe. A pipe, that's right. And it dislocates his jaw, and then his jaw is, like, sort of askew to the side, and then he has to reattach it. But it's like, he's making, like, this, like... Arr! Like, like that's the, <laughs> that, it's the, it's, that's the noise that face would make. Like... Yeah. And then so they weird. do it again in the finale, but it's also then, like, a weird mask over a stunt double, so that right. you don't have to double the actor. And there's a second one that just randomly shows up and then they hack it and they kill each other. And that's the end. Of yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, because Robocop can't kill his own villains. <laughs> he's the, well, the villain's not even looking for him. Remember, You're right? Yeah. So Robocop is completely irrelevant to the plot of this movie. No, I think actually, if you remove Robocop, I don't think you'd change much. <laughs> no, and he doesn't. He has no arc. He they, they, 
there's that weird dream sequence where it's the, like the cyber dream. Yeah. The where cyber it's like dream. his wife morphing into, into Lewis, morphing into the doctor, <laughs> into, do, into Dr. Lazarus, Dr. Lazarus subtle. Uh, yeah. What was that? Like RoboCop's dreaming of all his girlfriends. <laughs> that was so weird. That was so weird. I had forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah. It, Again, it's like, I would love to read, I'm guessing, Frank Miller's original, like, outline for this. So, my understanding is that the the script for RoboCop 2 was so enormous and, like, absurdly cost-prohibitive that they um, they took a chunk of it and made RoboCop 2, and then they, they took parts of it and used it for RoboCop 3. I don't know if he came in and did another draft or anything like that, but... Um, his his draft of RoboCop two and whatever was going to be RoboCop three were turned into comic books and they are really bad. <laughs> yeah. That said, um, if if you can find it, read Frank Miller's RoboCop versus Terminator. Oh, that is bananas. That, thing, that is so fun. Yeah, it's so awesome. It's yeah. like it's it's RoboCop and the Ed two hundred nines versus. Like it doesn't have the Schwarzenegger Terminator in it, but no, it's got it's like just... them versus the Terminator and Terminator endoskeletons. It's it's that Frank vintage like Dark Knight Returns era Frank Miller art. It, it's it's pretty great. Wait, did he do the find... art or was it Walt Simonson? Was it Walt Simonson? I, I think it might have been. Let me. Look. I'm looking it up. I'm You're looking, looking it up. Our our re- <laughs> our in house researcher uh, Will Morey. <laughs> When it comes to Frank Miller stuff, I leave it to Will. Yeah, yeah no, uh, it was written by Frank Miller and drawn by Walt Simonson. So it's uh, Walt my, Simonson art. My mistake. So even better. Walt Simonson, yeah. like he did probably all the definitive Thor of yeah. the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Yeah, great artist. Yeah, if you could track it down, it's like, I don't know if it's in print, but it's like four four issues. It's a fun read. It's probably online digitally somewhere. I would hope. They sell action figures from it. They might as I hope yeah. it's in print. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks like you can get it on uh, digitally. It looks like if you want to buy it on paperback or hardcover, it is about one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars on Amazon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it. It's the thing. It's another movie that frustrates me because I can see. Yeah. You can see the good yeah, in it. There's, there's there's some there's some corn in that poop. Like yeah. <laughs> looking at it, like it, it's clear that this wasn't. You know, such as it is, no one sort of thought that this was going to be the end of the RoboCop trilogy. I really think this was just Orion trying to do anything that would keep them solvent. And that's kind of what the movie feels like. Yeah, it's it's very much Golden Globus with that fourth Superman. Yeah, it's like we just we just need something that'll just keep us in the red. I'm like, And it, and it kind of just killed the franchise, or at least it like took it away from it. It never was relevant again. Well, like you, I mean, you had a couple TV shows, yeah, uh, and then the remake. Yeah, and the remake. One uh, one TV show which came out right after this came out. It was like a year or two after. It wasn't shortly, you know. It wasn't uh, a long time, but that was definitely geared towards children. That was yeah. definitely like a syndicated show for kids. Yeah, they definitely uh, had. They, they. I, I'm guessing they had designs on RoboCop becoming a big. Uh, family-friendly franchise. Yeah, yeah. And then there was the weird, like, miniseries that was, like, on Showtime in, like, the late 90s that I I think is streaming on Amazon Prime. I've never watched it. I've watched, like, clips on YouTube, and it just, it, 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 I mean, look, there, there are certain things that make RoboCop great, 
And and I think one of those things is Peter Weller. The same way, like, yeah. you can't really do Freddy Krueger without Robert Englund. And I don't yeah. think you can do Indiana Jones without Harrison Ford. You know, there's yeah. just certain actors that are meant to play that part. Yeah, and and then the remake is such a nothing movie. Uh, there's some good ideas there, well, but it's not... The remake falls apart anytime it tries to be a RoboCop remake. All its right. interesting ideas are the original stuff and it has nothing to do with RoboCop. Yeah. And, and at least the, I've only seen it once. So, but I, it made me think that if you had retooled that script to be like you were saying that you wanted to do with this of RoboCop waking up in the future, I think you might have more gas in that tank as opposed to just retreading the first movie over. Yeah. And, and all, and it like like RoboCop three, the RoboCop remake lacks a good villain. Like there right. is like a, a crime boss in it, but he's such a non-entity. Yeah. And then Michael Keaton's kind of the bad guy. But like again, for those of you that haven't seen, go, if you haven't seen RoboCop, why are you listening to a podcast about RoboCop three? <laughs> go watch RoboCop. You the villains are Ronnie Cox and Kurtwood Smith from that '70s show as Clarence Bodiger, and he is so fucking good as that villain <laughs> every line is is just a gem he, he is having and he's having the time of his life he yep. is just having so much fun he's having fun and his gang is having fun ray wise yep. is there it's yep. it's just it's and then the sequel uh, robocop 2 has tom noonan right. uh, as as kane i believe his name is kane yes his name is kane he uh OCP wants to do another RoboCop uh, and uh, they can't seem to get the they can't seem to get the prototypes right. And then some weirdo psychologist says that they need to find somebody who like has a zest for life. And they find this lunatic Charles Manson-esque drug dealer <laughs> to put his brain in this like war machine. And of course, the the robot goes crazy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The best part is the RoboCop. The, the the robot is called RoboCop Two. Yeah, so, <laughs> he's the titular character. Yeah, yeah. Ro- RoboCop Two is I I'd put it in that like Back to the Future Part Two camp of it's a fun movie, but it's like thirty minutes too long and it has way too many ideas. Yeah, yeah. Talk about a movie with like narrative cul-de-sacs. Like that's a movie that starts with one idea as its theme and then abandons it about twenty minutes in. <laughs> yeah, like, can't seem to figure out what it wants to do. It's, it, it, I do. I feel like I recall it starts with like RoboCop's just kind of feeling bummed out. Yeah, he's bummed out. He's going to. He's like driving around stalking his his ex-wife. You know, <laughs> right, and like, right. and and then they, you know, OCP, like she threatens to sue OCP, and then they have this weird scene where she meets him, and like, and then and then once that happens, the movie forgets that entire narrative and goes on this whole tangent of RoboCop going out of commission and then getting reprogrammed into being a more family friendly character. Right. Yes, he turns into like <laughs> Dudley Do Right, basically. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, see that's still more fun. This is this movie's like I was kind of thinking at least it would be like a brisk ride, but it is it drags through a it lot is of it. Boring. Well, I mean, everyone's just sitting around like waiting for RoboCop to come back online and then when RoboCop does, he's like, "I'm going to go get revenge for my dead partner." And then everyone's sitting around being like, where's RoboCop? There's even a conversation where they're like, where's RoboCop? And then one person's like, I don't know, drive around and look for explosions. 
<laughs> yeah, you, you can you can hear the writers high fiving themselves with that line. <laughs> I mean, it's a good line, but it's yeah. it just it just uh, it just feels so yeah. like everyone's just tired and annoyed. <laughs> It's got like little moments, little things that are kind of clever in it or just like the like visually it looks like this. It belongs with the other two movies. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's like it's not bad enough in that fun way, but it's not like a good enough dumb action movie to be enjoyable. It's yeah. it's everything that made the first two fun and good is, I think, like hopelessly watered yeah. down. Yeah, I totally agree. And if this was the direction they were going to take RoboCop as a movie series, it's honestly, I'm kind of glad that it stopped here. Yeah, I don't know, like, where you'd go from here. I mean, you know, RoboCop kind of has, like, one... He's a lot like Batman, in a way, and sort of after you do the origin, you kind of need to, like, rethink how you're going to... what you're doing with RoboCop. And, you know, some of the Batman movies have figured this out, and the comic books, obviously, but they basically just expand the supporting cast and make the supporting cast interesting or, you know, have villains that sort of mirror the... mirror, mirror Batman or whatever, but, like... What do you do? You know, you've run the you. The first movie is he needs to re-engage his humanity. He's re-engaged his humanity, and so what's the story that you tell next? And then RoboCop Two just basically says, "Well, we're going to do the first movie over again." Yeah, and I think it's yeah. also like RoboCop Two is definitely like it's the the man that is the important part of what makes RoboCop so special. Because when right. you put crazy crackhead tom noonan in there he turns into a monster (laughs) right yeah and so and then this one i guess it would be like him becoming a resistance leader and like really rejecting the machine part of him that should be like the emotional crux of the movie and it just doesn't it doesn't even bother to even explore that idea yeah i think it's it like touches on a little bit of like what makes a good cop a good cop uh, it, it, it is not smart or ambitious enough to tackle that thorny issue. No. And, uh, and a lot of the, the police stuff plays like very tone deaf in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> so. it, it's, 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 yeah. It, I mean, it's, 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 it, honestly, there's not much to say about it. it no, it's like, I mean, I, I, and I guess looking at it as like a part three, sort of, as we said, it just, it just feels like a studio trying to remain solvent. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we got it. We got to get something out quick and dirty to keep the, like, you know, the to like hang on, out, yeah. keep the lights on and hang on to the rights, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so, it's so weird. And what's even weirder. I mean, I know that because Orion, because of Orion's bankruptcy issues and then, M- then they got acquired by MGM and then MGM's bankruptcy issues. Um, I know that the RoboCop rights have been weird, so it it's it, it just you'd think that through the rest of the '90s, as the DVD boom, as the home video boom <clears throat> happened, you'd think that RoboCop would become sort of a directed video franchise. Yeah, it just yeah. never really did. Yeah, you could see it be going like the Hellraiser route, you know, or or the Universal Soldier movies or something oh, yeah, like that, yeah. you know. I mean, RoboCop in space seems like a no-brainer. A no-brainer. No-brainer. I don't know. It was not to be. And maybe no. that's for the best, because I think this movie's bad, but it doesn't, like, cheapen the first one. And yeah. it's and it's it's not like you have to watch this one. It's not Back to the Future. 
where you need to right. watch all three or at least you need to watch two and three together it's not matrix revolutions where it still right. feels like an essential piece you right. can watch the first robocop and stop and you're golden yeah and if you feel like you want more robocop there's some more uh, it's it's like the predator franchise in that way you've got one movie that's kind of perfect and then you have uh like one sequel that's kind of a like an okay mess like a fun mess and then everything yeah. after that is actually you gotta like predators like yeah like everything else everything else is something you could put on on a sunday afternoon and and be fine it's not yeah. gonna but it's it's totally it, like weightless and and watered down and lacks the things that made the first one special but if you spend any time on it it just it just feels like a slog and you know i hadn't seen it in you know probably a decade or more and it just <laughs> I remembered it being more fun and maybe just cause I remember the first, the first, uh, the opening 20 minutes and like the last 20 minutes when Robocop's flying around, which is kind of cool. This is another one that I saw a lot on encore. Yeah. Uh, I saw the ro- the ro- it was the Robocops and the Halloweens were on uh, like <laughs> perpetually rotating on encore along with terror in the aisles. Yeah. I, I saw Robocop three opening night in the theater. And then, uh, again, taking my, my friends as my birthday movie. Is, we, that the, by that, is that the first movie uh, from these franchises that either of us has seen in the theater? Uh, Did you see Halloween H2O in the theater? No, I didn't. I saw that on home video. Yeah, so I guess that this would be the first one. Wow. Great. All right. <laughs> what an auspicious start. But, you know, uh, our podcast is about part threes, so it's, you're never really going to get, like, unless you saw Return of the Jedi on its opening run, like... Yeah, You're not gonna get like a really great part three. I don't know. I think there's some in there that you could be like, yeah, I saw that and it was great. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't think of one. <laughs> I was very high when I saw Iron Man three, but I do love Iron Man three. Yeah. Uh, it, but yeah, as a part three, this is I think another one that plays an interesting role in the pantheon of different types of part threes. This is there. You get to a point in a franchise where it's either got a be bold and branch out. Uh, it's got a Tokyo drift, if you will. It's got to take a big swing and uh, it's got to bring in some new talent that's going to reinvigorate the franchise. Or it's just going to kind of do everything that's been done before, but not as well. It's going right. to jaw. It's going to Jaws 3D. It's it's uh, yeah. it's going to go out with a wet fart or uh, or yeah. do something big and a just big be swing. glad like when you do it, it, it's not it's it's if you're going to if you're going to do a wet fart, Part three, fart three, uh, <laughs> make it this because this is like a, this is a C minus movie. It's not yeah. a, it's not an F there's yeah. worse part threes out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I'd say it, it, it's the equivalent to blade Trinity. I think mm, in a lot of yeah, ways I would, that's, I a hundred percent agree. You know, yeah, it's actually it's, that franchise mirrors this one perfectly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I actually, that's, I had that in my notes where it's kind of like, it all kind of follows the same path. And similarly, it sidelines its hero in the third movie for yeah. a good chunk of it. <laughs> yeah, and I think if this had sidelined the hero to do world building and create interesting characters, that would have been fine. Or even just, like Blade Trinity, fun characters. Right. <laughs> like, there's no Ryan Reynolds in this movie. You no, know, no. there's no Parker Posey. And CCH Pounder dies too early to like be having too much fun. She dies early. Steven Root is is uh he he's not in it enough. Uh yeah. 
It's uh, Mako's not in it nearly enough. No. He just shows up on video, and then at the very end, he bows to Robocop. Yeah, well, because he respects him. He respects him. Because he has honor. Uh, <laughs> or something. <laughs> or something. <laughs> oh, so good in Conan the Barbarian. So good in Conan so the Barbarian. So good. <laughs> uh, and Bradley Whitford's in it, and he's just such a piece of shit, and then out of nowhere is fired <laughs> and immediately kills himself. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, what you'd think is that this movie would build up to Dan O'Hurlihy being the the big bad. Like, that would be the final showdown, is having the old man be the the big villain. But uh, I'm guessing he either didn't... It was... Maybe he was retired at that point. Or, uh, he was still alive. He passed away in 2005. Um, I'm guessing he just was like, no... I'm yeah. good because he probably yeah. would have. He wouldn't have worked in Rip Torn's part. No, you wouldn't have no, seen him. You wouldn't see Dan O'Hurley being all sniveling towards the Japanese uh, guys or to McDaggett. Dan O'Hurley, he was he. He's Connell Cochran. Yeah, he's, gonna be, <laughs> he's only he's ever played the corrupt heads of evil companies. <laughs> well, that, what, yeah, what, what you do in that case is what you, you'd make it so that there would be the con the big conflict with OCP would be between that and the Japanese company. And that would be like them trying to undermine each other and trying to like maneuver and stuff. And, um, however you want to do that buyout plot, but that's how you, I think I would yeah. do it is you'd make him the big bad, but you'd make it like OCP isn't, isn't about to go under it's they're trying to like outplay the japanese company yeah i think uh, yeah again another a, a a smarter script would have had more like of the corporate satire humor of the first two and you would have had like the there would have been a hostile takeover joke right you know exactly. somewhere yeah. in there but at this the, in this one the japanese company taking over is just there for a couple of jokes at ocp and it's an excuse to get a robot ninja in the movie right. which i right. respect i respect <laughs> that blatant of an insertion of a robot ninja into the movie but you got to do it right right you got to have the action scenes you yeah. gotta you gotta have the action scenes and not just like the ninja flipping around and knocking RoboCop over. No, yeah, he not they they knock RoboCop over a lot. But also, I should note in one scene, it's three men can easily carry RoboCop. That's true. This yes. this character that can bend steel looks just like he weighs a fucking shit ton. They're just they're easily carrying him into the like to onto the stretcher. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but which makes me think it probably was wasn't even an actor in there. It was just, it was just like just the suit. <laughs> it was just the suit on like a mannequin. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I always forget Dan O'Hurley. He's in the Last Starfighter. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the Last Starfighter. Really? Yeah, he's uh he's not the villain in the Last Starfighter. No, no. Yeah. Whatever happened to Lance Guest? That's a good question. He's so good in that movie. Yeah, like he's like he's definitely like one of those 80s guys. And we're not going to get to him unfortunately cuz he's in Halloween 2 and Jaws 4. So we're going <laughs> to just miss him a little bit. But uh he's one of those guys that was always around. Yeah. He's been doing stuff. It looks like a lot of sort of Is he on like a Hallmark series? I don't know. It... 
have a brief word from our sponsor while we look up what uh, Lance, <laughs> what Guest, Lance is Guest is up because we don't have much to talk about about RoboCop three. <laughs> no, we don't. He he showed up twice in 2010 on yeah, both just... Letterman and Fallon as Johnny Cash. What is that? That is so weird. I, I'm 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 looking it up because that he... was. Evangeline Lilly, Sam Rockwell, Million Dollar Quartet, Aaron. Well, that was presumably the guests on that episode of Letterman. Yeah. Uh, All right. Johnny Cash, (laughs) Lance Guest. I'm looking it up. Okay. There was a musical called Million Dollar Quartet. And he played Johnny Cash in it. Oh. So that's why he's, he's, it's like, they presumably like I know like late shows late night shows will have like a musical number like, they had a musical number that, okay. like, like when that they had Spider Man on Letterman right, the million right, right, the million yeah. dollar quartet was an imp- a recording of an impromptu jam session involving Elvis Presley Jerry Lee Lewis Carl Perkins and Johnny Cash so I'm guessing it's a musical based on that okay. yes yes it was oh, we're learning well, so that's, much that's, we're learning so much about Lance Guest. Think of all we could learn if we didn't waste time watching RoboCop 3. <laughs> I remember the, did you ever play the video game? God, the video game for RoboCop 3 was no, really, I, really hard. I had the RoboCop versus Terminator Super NES game, and that was not. That was also fun. really hard. There, that was that like <laughs> era of like just really hard tie-in games, which I suspect was, they made them really hard so that you wouldn't notice how shitty they were. How bad they were. Like that, that the, 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 the Nintendo Batman, the 89 Batman game. Oh my God, that one, so hard, so annoying. Same with the Batman Returns. Yeah. Uh, yeah same deal, it was just a uh, straight up beat-em-up from Konami, but it was, oh yeah. my God, it was impossible. You could, I couldn't get past the first level. No. Uh, the uh, the Disney tie-ins were really hard. The, the Lion King game was oh, impossible. Lion King was the, yeah, yeah. I play. Uh, I tried playing that with my nieces and nephews a couple of years ago, like when we were all visiting for Christmas, and they were like, what? You played this? <laughs> uh, I, I remember the Aladdin one. That's the only one the I Aladdin remember. One that one was too. pretty I, good. But but I yeah. my cousin made it to the end of Aladdin. I, I remember him fighting the snake. We I managed to... Back in the day, I managed to get to the end, uh, the final boss to Scar in The Lion King, but I had to do do it using a cheat code. Like, I couldn't do it just playing the game. Someone should do an open world game, but it is like a, it's Escape from New York. That would be awesome. That would be so cool. Yeah, just like, take the, take a GTA map and mod it so it's, uh, it's, it's Federal Island Prison, New York. I'd play yeah. that. I would play the shit out of that. Like, are like you... that Warriors game. Yeah, yeah. There's not enough of that uh, in RoboCop 3. No. You want some of that. You want at least it to feel like one of those Italian knockoffs of Escape from New York that came out, and you don't even right. get that feeling. No, it just, it just, everyone just seems tired and annoyed. <laughs> I forgot to mention on my Halloween, on the Halloween 4 episode that my Halloween 4 Blu-ray has some sort of audio problem. So for about 15 minutes in the middle of the movie, it's the audio is slightly out of sync. Oh God. Just slightly, just enough that it suddenly stops feeling like an American movie and starts feeling like a, a <laughs> like a shitty Italian uh, slasher knockoff that Donald Pleasance agreed to star. In. Of course, would, would be in anyway. Yeah, he'd still be in it. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Well, I, I'm I'm glad we can put this behind us. It was it was yes. painless, but uh, yeah. deeply unfulfilling. So we're yeah. we're gonna do Matrix uh, Revolutions uh, in the immediate future, and honestly, uh, I, I I think our next one's probably gonna be Spider Man Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to do, which might might seem like a masterpiece after this one. Yeah. Well, but I think I think there's actually a lot more to talk about with Spider Man Three because I think it it represents uh, an inflection point uh, for Hollywood blockbusters and superhero movies in general, and we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> next week, get ready for emo hair, Tobey Maguire, uh, and then after that, it's my turn to pick. That's right. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I have a lot of options here. And and yeah. I'm like I, I'm trying to resist going with all the really bad ones out of the gate, <laughs> so we don't have to then watch a. The last thing you want to do is have to watch a bunch of good movies in a row. Right. Uh, so I'm gonna go with. Uh, I, I'm thinking the next one. Uh, let's let's watch Day of the Dead. Oh, I've never seen that. That's great. You've never seen Day of the Dead? Okay. No, I've never seen Day of the Dead. All right, that's that. Yeah. That's great. That's a good one. The it's it's underrated i think it's more appreciated now than it's been in past years possibly because it's the easiest one to get a hold of because no (laughs) one can find dawn of the dead on dvd uh but yeah that's that that'll be our next one after we uh get uh spider-man and the matrix out of the way i think that sounds great yeah that'll be that'll be fun we'll uh a little little more 80s cheese for you because lord knows there's gonna be a lot of that So, Will, would you would you recommend RoboCop three? I would not recommend RoboCop three. I think uh, only watch RoboCop three if you just want more RoboCop. Uh, watch yeah. the first one, and you know the other two you can take or leave. But if you want more RoboCop, RoboCop three is is a perfectly acceptable way to spend you know an hour and forty five minutes. But uh, I wouldn't go out of your way to watch it. No. I wouldn't. It's the it's the worst of the four RoboCops, uh, <laughs> and there's no shortage of RoboCop content. But if you haven't seen the first RoboCop, go you see. You absolutely the, have to. See absolutely, it. Yeah. Uh, we here at Podcast Part Three. It is a Hall of Fame movie for us. It's better than any movie we've actually spent an hour talking about uh, <laughs> by a country mile. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Will, as always, a pleasure. Always good to talk to you, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. So fun talks. These are fun talks. Uh, I don't know when uh, we were banking a bunch of episodes because I'm slow to edit. So if you haven't had a Merry Christmas yet, uh, have one. And if you have had a Merry Christmas, I'm happy for you. (laughs) Happy Uh, holidays. I guess technically RoboCop 3 is a Christmas movie. They keep talking about Christmas, but it never really figures into anything. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um. (laughs) I wrote it in my notes when he goes to get the map from the like Pennzoil station. He's listening. Yeah. The guy's listening to Blue Christmas by Elvis, but I'd kind of missed all the other Christmas references. So I was there's like, only like this... one or two. Yeah. Is this guy one of those like weird people that likes to listen to Christmas music in the rest of the year? Or was it just an <laughs> Elvis playlist that he had? Yeah, no, it was uh, you can when they go in the donut shop at the beginning, it, there's playing they're playing Christmas music. Oh, and yeah, it's decorated for Christmas and then never brought up ever. Again. Yeah. And it's not <laughs> winter. No one's dressed like winter style. Yeah, there's no snow. I, it's Detroit. Yeah, I would think that Detroit in Christmas time is 
pretty wintry. And I you would know, think. and you know, it, if you can't afford fake snow, make a global warming reference. That's, That's this right. kind. Of, this is the kind of movie this is. You know, yeah. uh, if only we'd been there, we could have been the That's Fred right. Decker and Shane Black of their time. <laughs> and then we could make the Predator. Yeah. Oh no, I don't <laughs> want to do that. Another another one. Thankfully, we're going to bypass. We're going to talk. Yeah. We'll be talking about predators. Well, once we do, once we do part four, the part four podcast, we'll uh, uh, uh-huh. then we'll talk yeah. about the predator. Right. Have fun. <laughs> you you have fun with that podcast part four, where you talk about um, Halloween four again, again, and yeah. Halloween five, and <laughs> Halloween Resurrection. And uh, next right. year, yeah. you can talk about Halloween ends. There you go. You would launch podcast pot part four just as an excuse to talk about Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> Probably. And we and we can just do that. That can be my Christmas gift to you. That's another one where you're going to have 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 lots of thoughts, I'm sure. Oh, I've got lots of things to say about about the Matrix. Uh, and I'll try to keep my uh, Matrix Reloaded rant uh, uh, short. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> rant makes it sound like you hate it. And this is oh uh, no, I, 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 you're I you're basically a, a defense. Yeah, I'll I'll keep my Matrix Reloaded defense short. It's your your it's going to be your Atticus Finch monologue about re- <laughs> it's like yeah, your yes, your yeah. just upbeat polyphonic spree song about Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> yes, and I will yeah. in turn keep my snark to a minimum. <laughs> All right, very good. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, until next time, when we uh, watch Spider Man dance, hold your loved ones close. Watch RoboCop if you haven't. Uh, Will, anything to add? Uh, what do I have here? Oh, I thought I had a good line. I don't have a good line out. Nah, he doesn't Adios. Have, have uh, a good oh, that's, that's lovely. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> good night, everybody.